Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do here and, and how we see that mission statement unfolding, me, be sure to check out our website at www.churchvictoria.com, or you can check us out on Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook, make sure to like and share this video. That really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you have the bell on so you get notified every time we post a video. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Um, I think that's that's everything. Well, we're we're uh, taping this on Monday, uh, the thirtieth of November. They won't see it for another for another week or so. But uh, uh, Thanksgiving went well. Everything's yeah. good. So. Uh, you know, hey, let's uh, let's get into this stuff, man. All right, let's pray. Let's, let's pray. get into it. Father in heaven, thank you so much for uh, for bringing us here this evening. Thank you for the opportunity we have to uh, to share this message and and to uh, to uh, learn from this text. We pray your blessings upon us. We pray for those who are watching. Uh, we pray for those who uh, who may have issues that uh, that are struggling with that uh, that maybe we'll say something tonight that will help them to learn and to grow from what they're what they're dealing with, Father. Just bless us tonight. Bless Cole and I as we navigate through this text. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are finally in Genesis chapter 12. We got through all stuff you want to do. Yep. We got the first 11 chapters. <laughs> got through, finally got through the first 11 chapters. My and, deal was I want to start in chapter 12. He wanted to start in chapter 1, so that's what we did. <laughs> well, there's there's just so many there, foundational there was, things. There, and there was a lot. And it was one. good. You know, and, and, you know, the whole sin dynamic and the whole... Uh, uh, dynamic of the seed coming and you know and, and whether whether uh, Noah was it or not and you know we'd never really looked at it that way before and I th I'm glad we did I'm, I'm glad we looked at it you know we, we're gonna look at now we're gonna look at Abram you know his his call and his family and uh, you know I just uh, it's a it's it's a it's it's great it's great material there's so much everywhere we can't touch it all right. so we have to miss some of it uh, we're gonna try to get the the basics and and to help you to, to kind of understand the basics, and uh, and hope you hope you're learning from it. I know there ha has been because uh, because we uh, we've talked to some of them that have uh, your mother, for example, yeah, uh, that uh, that has been watching regular and, uh, and no, not watching regular, watching everything. Is what she told me, watching everything. So, uh, and that's a that's a good thing. So anyway, let's move on with it. Yes, brother. Let me ask you a question, Dan. Have you ever received a promise that was just too good to be true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, my wife said yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, wow. No. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, I'm I'm kidding. You know, it it. I, I don't I don't remember any that I've gotten. Uh, you know that. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think, man. I wish you'd give me a heads up on this one before. I don't I don't remember anything that I that a promise that I that I was given that. Uh, uh, I, I I probably. When when I was when I graduated high school, uh, of course the Vietnam War was going on, and you either volunteered, you got drafted, or you went to school. And I went to school, and and I didn't have great grades, but I was good enough, I guess. And when that when the college said that I was accepted, you know that was a, that was a pretty good deal. That was that was better than I expected. I didn't expect to go. I, I expected to have to go in the military and and get shot all up for my country, but. That didn't happen, and so I guess it was a promise that was made to me, and you know, I almost blew that. I almost blew it, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I think that was probably one of them. It was too good to be true, you know, because I didn't really think I'd get accepted, and uh, and I did, 
and so you know that I didn't have to go to the military and you know I learned a lot and learned I learned a lot about uh, what not to do mm. in life because I got put into a dynamic that uh, that I wasn't uh, ready for I don't think it's when when the kind of the spiral started to happen in my life so but uh, at the time that it was at the time that they said yes that was a, that was pretty good it was better than I expected was going to happen so you know I guess that was probably the one I can remember the most but uh, you know yeah I believe in you know I, and I'm and I, I didn't say it as a joke really you know when 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 I, I knew for sure that Georgia was going to say yes that was that was pretty cool because yeah. I knew I knew from the very beginning that uh, that she was the one I wanted I wanted to be with from from early on I don't I don't think she thought that way but uh, but uh I did. You know, I was a little older. And and I just, uh, you know, when I knew for sure that uh, that her family had accepted me and, and she had accepted me and, and we were really going to do this. Uh, I, and, and, of course, we grew up back in the day when divorce really wasn't an option. You know? Right. So if, if you said yes, I do, and yes, well, you know, that that's a that's a promise that, that that was really too good to be true. You know, because when I... When I met her, I had no idea it was coming, and then all of a sudden, boom, there she was. So, yeah, it's pretty good. That was a good one. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, I I love asking you these questions because you're you know you're either hot or cold. You either you either have well, something or you don't. People have asked me about that, and I said, man, I never know. You know, I don't know what the question is going to be. You just kind of spring it on me right at the off the bat. That was the first time I really felt like, uh, 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 what am I supposed to say? I want to hit on something you said because it was was pretty interesting. You said that, you know, I got got accepted in college. So, you know, it was was just something that was too good to be true, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but that was right before the spiral. What Mm -hmm. do you mean by that? Could you elaborate on that? Would you feel comfortable elaborating on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I wasn't in in high school anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, high school is very controlled and very structured, mm-hmm. and and I had my friends in my neighborhood that I, that we hung out with. We played baseball in the yard, we played football in the street, and you know, we did all that stuff that you know that you see nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties kids do. That's what we did. And then I went to college, and and it was it was not a, a major. It was just a business college, but it was you know it was going for for a two year degree to get a to get an associate's degree. In, a, in in accounting and business and uh, uh, and I met people from all over that they were just trying to do what I was doing and it didn't it I met some people that I probably should have would have never met before I guess and probably should have stayed away from and mm-hmm. I didn't and uh, they brought all the negativity with them uh, I was I was vulnerable enough and and naive enough and and uh, just started doing and it kind of spiraled and it just kind of never stopped for a long time because I went when I was uh what 18 and I wasn't converted till I was 29 and pretty much that 11 years was it was a train wreck you know the only thing good thing that happened in that time was I got married to Georgia and had two kids and when I was converted we had we had Paul on the way so uh, you know I look around look back and most people that are from here that are watching, they know all of this. They know that, you know, it's only by the grace of God that I that I survived all of that, uh, because there was a lot involved. And when I say spiral, it, you know, it was. I mean, it was. It was. It, I was going downhill in a hurry, and uh, could could easily have gotten gone a different way than it did, 
and just made you make a decision here or there different. And some people are watching that have made the wrong decisions, and I made a bunch of them. And it could have very easily reached up and really caused a catastrophe in my life. Hmm. And 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 it was because and it, I can't blame it on the guys that I was running with. I can't blame it on them. But there was there was three of us, four of us that were were running together, and uh, and we did a we started doing a lot of things together that we had never done before, because of the dynamic around us was, you know was uh, it was it was available. And we did it, and we got involved, and and. Uh, uh, you know, I can't say uh, now I wish I hadn't because uh, I, I can minister to people now that, that you can't minister to. Mm. But I can minister to them because I've been there, done that. I've been involved in the same lifestyle uh, that they were involved in. And it was, and it was through that whole time, that, that uh, 11 years, that, that I was uh, really off the chart for a, long t- for a lot of that. So. That's what I mean by it spiraled. It, it, it didn't go as far as it could have, but, man, it sure went a long ways. Hmm. Yeah. And it could have been really bad numerous times, you know, escaped escaped uh, uh, some things, you know, that, that, that a lot of the guys that I grew up with, they don't even know about because they weren't with me. It was me. I was, I'd left that neighborhood, and I was doing things, and, and you know. So it, it was uh, not things that they were doing. I was doing them. All kind of resulting from this promise that was too good to be true. I mean, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily the promise. Their idea or... was that I was going to go to school, and I was going to learn this business stuff, and I was going to get a degree, and I was going to get a job, and they were going to help me find a job. And that was the good part about it. That's what their intent was. They never intended that I was going to be sitting in the office one day, and and they were going to be telling the four of us that they have never had to kick somebody out of school before. And we get one more chance, and they're going to kick us out of school. Nobody had ever got kicked out of that school before, and they and they were they were they came that close, and they were going to kick us out of school because of the things we were doing. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so their idea of the promise was good, was good. They had every intention, and they, it was a good, it was good, and it was credited, and and I could have I could have got a uh, you know, I could have got a decent job. I, in fact, I I had an interview at IBM. That I went on. Wow. I went on that interview to IBM. Didn't get the job. Didn't really want the job. But I did go on a suit and tie. Never wore a suit and tie. Man, you don't wear a suit and tie when you're 19. I don't want to wear a suit and tie. I, went, I, I remember sitting there at IBM and waiting to be interviewed. And I don't know. Probably probably botched the interview on purpose, probably. I don't remember. But didn't get the job. But, you know, I mean, it... So they, their intention was good. Their intention was clean. They wanted to give me an education. They wanted me to, uh, to learn this stuff. And, and I learned a lot, even through the fog. I learned a lot. And, and then I had my own business and a lot of my own book work I did because I learned from, that, from going to that school. I learned all that stuff. So it still paid dividends down the road. It did pay dividends, but it didn't pay the dividends it could have paid. But would I be where I'm at today if it had of? I don't know. Only God knows that. I think God knew what he was doing. I think he did too. And it's interesting because in Genesis chapter 12, we're going to see another promise. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a promise that God makes that just like this promise that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. he intends all of this good stuff, Mm -hmm. but all this bad stuff ends up happening. It doesn't actually, it kind of spirals sometimes. It spirals. Yeah, it does. And you know, not not because of any fault of God. In fact, I would say that God is fully aware 
of the spirals that are going to occur, but we're going to see God as ever faithful. You know, isn't that interesting too? Because, you know, all through the things that, that I went through, I still believe that God, you know, that God knew that, that, that I was going to repent. God knew that I was going to come to him. God knew that I was going to give myself to him. I think he knew that all along. And, uh, and I think that I'm not saying he manipulated or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, that, that I believe he was watching and knew he knew the decisions I would make and, and knew what, at one point what he was going to do with me. Right. But I had to come to that on my own. I had to, I had to, I had to get to that point where, where I responded to him yeah. and Abraham's going to, Abraham's going to have to do the same thing. He's going to have to realize at some point, you know, God's made me a promise. It's a good promise. I don't deserve any of this. And I'm going to have to make decisions that I need to make. He's going to make some bad ones. You know, he's going to make some bad ones at first, but he's going to, but he's ultimately he's going to make the right decisions and it's going to be a blessing to him and his family because he does. Yeah. And it's been a blessing to me and my family. You know, the, since I was 29 and converted, I mean, you know, it's, this has been a blessing. Even the stuff that happened before, it's been a blessing because it taught me how to deal mm-hmm. with things that I, that I deal with now. Yeah. You know, so. Well, yeah. let's get into the chat text. So okay. we're in Genesis chapter 12. We're going to look at this promise that the Lord makes. Okay. So we're in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse one, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land. I will show you. And he says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I want something I just thought about. You know, he said he says, "Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you." He said, "Abraham, I want you to pick up your family, your family, Sarah, and Lot goes with him. I want you to pick these yeah. folks up, and I want you to leave. Leave the comfort of your father's protection. Leave the comfort of your of your family and your and your." country and all of that leave all of that and go and oh by the way i'm not going to tell you where you're going hmm. i'll show you but i'm not going to tell you where you're going you know and you went into the military mm-hmm. was it a shock for you to go in the military yes to, to, um, the the leaving part oh um not you know not really okay not not for me not so okay. much um we were you know, I was raised a little differently. I was really allowed to come and go as I pleased okay. once I hit, once I could drive. Mm-hmm. And so there were no real, no expectations put on me by, by family besides going to school and keeping a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as I did that, I was, I pretty much had free reign to, to do as I will. In fact, my, my parents didn't even know I was joining the military until I called them from uh, San Antonio and said, hey, I'm about to swear in. Yeah. So. Well, I, I remember when Mark joined the Navy. And it was probably, you know, I mean, he and I were not getting along well. And uh, and it probably was a lot to do with that, that dynamic. That That's why he did it, probably. I got to get out underneath the control of this knucklehead is probably what he thought. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I agree with him. He probably, he probably did need to do that. And, and uh, you know, and he, he, I think it was a shock for him because, you know, when they get a phone call after about three or four days, he called and he said, God, what have I done? What have I done? You know, and and I and I think it was I think it was a shock. I know when I left San Antonio and I moved here, 
because Georgia lived here and I knew that if this relationship was going to move forward like I wanted it to, I had to be where she was. I couldn't be where I was because that didn't work. It wasn't working and it was going to, and, and, you know, and I thought I need to, I need to move. And, but that was a shock because now I, I didn't no longer live in my parents' house. Now I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. I'd been on my own a, a bunch and I'd had a job and all that stuff. And I was, but I still, you know, I parked my head on a pillow that was in my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Well, now I was going to park my head on a pillow that was my pillow in my place. And that was a shock. That was not, you know, that was scary. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, and and I'm looking at Abram and I'm thinking, wonder what he's thinking as he takes that first step out of the city and he, and he keeps walking and he gets farther and farther away yeah. from home. Yeah. Because, you know, it had to have been, you know, the, the faith and the trust he had to have mm-hmm. in God. You know, I mean, I didn't have a relationship with God at the time I did that. And so the only faith and trust I had in, in, in this whole dynamic for me was in me. Was I going to be able to pull this off? Would my parents let me come home if I didn't if it didn't make it? And what am I going to do if she says, no, I don't really want to have anything to do with you? Mm. What am I going to do then? Now I've quit my job. I've packed up what little stuff I had and I could pack up. And I drove down here. And I was in a Volkswagen Beetle and I drove down here, man. And I, and I had a, her parents like me, which was a plus. And, uh, you know, I had long hair and, and uh, you know, I mean, I was, I was not, I was not somebody that you would pick for your daughter. It's just not, but they saw something in me, I guess. And they liked me and, and her stepfather got me a job and I moved here on a weekend and went to work on Monday morning. I had a job and, and, uh, it was, it was but it was still scary. Oh, yeah. I think in that regard, I think uh, when I landed in Incheon, South Korea. Okay. And uh, I, I was at, at the, my, uh, the base at Yongsan, and I was about to head up. We spent a few weeks in Yongsan doing in-processing and, you know, going all over the briefings. You know, you're in a different country, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of briefings involved. And then you move up to your to your duty station and for me that was in area one uh which is the there's four areas in south korea area one is what we would call the tip of the spear um it's where you have you're closest to the dmz anyway so i think when i landed in Incheon and i was in young son and and the first few weeks i was in camp casey there was a lot of there was a lot of oh what have I done? Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't think it was in basic and basic. It was, it was just too much, you mm-hmm. know, it was just so much going on. And, you know, by the time you're done with all that, you're, you're real mission minded and focused and stuff. And then even AIT, AIT, my training job training was in San Antonio. But when I, when I landed on the other side of the world and I realized that there was a million, million and a half angry North Koreans, just 20, well, 30 kilometers away, you know, and then you start thinking in those type of terms, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I had a, I had a buddy who was in headquarters, uh, platoon at the 55th military police company. And he came and he told me that they were doing war games. And then a couple of weeks later he came and he told me I died in the war games. Wow. So when you, when you start experiencing that type of thing, you know, uh, yeah, I think it. You know, it's in there. Yeah, yeah. for sure, definitely well, had that type I of think, mentality. I think most everybody that's watching has had some kind of an experience where they've had to make a decision, and 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 everything was going to change. Let's say you're going to change jobs. 
and and you've had this job for a while, you think the job you're going to is a step up, but you don't know the dynamics, what's going on there. And so you quit this job to take that job. That's scary. That can be a that can be a a, a eye-opening experience. And that's what I'm talking about here. You know, we don't look at that, but you look between the lines. Wonder what Abraham Abram's thinking is as he takes that first step and he's moving. And he knows that yeah. he's made the decision to go. He doesn't know where he's going because God said, I ain't gonna tell you. I'll show you, I'll take you there. Okay. Well, I think in all of our lives, I think that's what God's telling us. Said, said, I got something for you to do. I mean, the first time I preached or the first time you went to sunset. That's scary. Yeah. Because it's a new deal for me. I know that God's called me to this. I know that he said, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how it's going to work. I'll just show you. And and so, I mean, I know it's it, it kind of, kind of, maybe it's more elementary what I'm trying to get across but from what Abram's done. But it's still, we all experience these things. And I think until you understand that, you can't really understand what Abram and Sarah are going through. He's stepping out on, on, faith. A, on, a, on, on a really big... Not even looking at the promise yet. Don't even look at the promise. Just God says, get up and go. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge step. Yeah. Now, he's got something, I would say, that not everybody has. Okay. Right? When I when I left to join the military, I didn't have God yeah. standing over me, you know, mm-hmm. going, hey, this is what you need yeah. to do. Now, being perfectly honest, I felt called to join the military. I felt like it was the right thing to do. And I felt like God had, had called me to do that, which is one of the but big reasons. But you didn't reasons. have a relationship with God. But I didn't have a relationship with God. It was just my, my thinking. That's your okay? thinking, my, yeah. my, as, as Felix might say, it's my stinking thinking, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of that. Abram had that. Mm-hmm. Abram had the Lord say, yes. pick up and go. Yeah. The father of faith. Now, we don't know how that conversation went no but we know they had it correct now he may have had it in a dream we don't know that we know he had it and it was strong enough that that he said okay and he got up and he went but abraham is doing something big he's picking up and he's moving there's a big dynamic there's a big shift a big change mm-hmm. and we've all experienced that mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure most of us who who people who are listening and, and we've all done something yeah. like that we've related a couple of experiences and, and when and when they understand that they now they'll start to understand how Abram and Sarai are doing it. Right. Because they're doing, it's the same dynamic as you taking another job. I know it's it's more pronounced here, but you know the feeling of it. Well, and in their culture, you didn't do this. You didn't just get up no. and walk, out, walk away from your family. Everything was about family. Everything was about the family. Yeah. Everything was about the clan. As Abram goes in through mm-hmm. this narrative and we see more and more about what's going on around Abram, we see that he's referred to as a sojourner. He is a sojourner in a foreign land. That means and that's a wanderer. A big, means a wanderer. It's yeah. a big deal because you, you don't do that. No. You don't leave the safety of your family, your community, your culture. It's a huge deal. You could fall prey to anything. And and, and those dynamics are out there. Yeah. I fell prey to a drug culture and a violent culture that that uh, that I knew existed but I wasn't a part of. And I fell into that because I put myself in that place. Now, I don't believe God put me there. I believe I put myself there. And here, Abram's going to put himself in that. But he's going to. God's going to put him there. So he has every confidence. He should have every confidence. God's going to take care of it. Abram's going to put himself somewhere. Though, yeah, he is. In this, he's going to make some. He's going to make some choices that he shouldn't make. So let's yeah. let's let's see let's see we talked because we talked about it so let's see where he goes here so but but I like the first three words so Abram went so Abram went so that's he went. right he was obedient he went. he went 
hey, the Lord said, go do this. I'm going to go. So Abram went, this is verse four, as the Lord had told him. And we'll come back. We're going to rehash these promises. This isn't the last uh, yeah, time we're no, going to see these. No. We're going to see these promises are incredibly important. And we'll look they at it when we They have been get... fulfilled. I think we need to say that. These are promises that have been given and fulfilled. Okay? The seed has come. Not only has the seed come, but the nation was given the land was given, and it was fulfilled. And yep. the scriptures say that exact thing. Yep. We'll talk about it. Yep. But let's go on with verse 4. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site, uh, the great tree of Morah at Shechem, at the time the Canaanites were in the land, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land, this land, the land you're walking through, mm -hmm. not some future land that doesn't exist yet. This land, he says. I point this out. If you need to hear that, you need to hear it. So he built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. From there, he went so on. So now we do know how it happened. He appeared to him. He, well, that, at least that portion, yeah, yeah, he appeared to him. Mm -hmm. From there he went on uh, toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Now, some of these names are going to be familiar because we're going to see them again when we get into books like Exodus and when the when the people are, tr are wandering with Moses, Ai is going to be significant. Correct. You know, these towns... Well, and actually, yeah, you know, remember here, who is the audience of this book? I'm so glad you brought that up. Who is the audience here? Well, the audience of this is the wandering people of, of Israel, yep. the ones that have been brought up out mm -hmm. of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to see these names. You're going to see not Abram, but one of his son's sons, one of his grandsons name Bethel. Uh -huh. He names it. He mm -hmm. names it Bethel. Mm -hmm. And so... They're referring to these places that they know the names of, right? The wandering Israelites who are Abram's long dead at this point. Yeah. So under, at that point, when at we that get there. point, yeah. yeah. So this story is being told about Abram, but from a perspective of Moses and the wandering yeah. Israelites. He's so, giving it to that wandering tribe of Israel. Correct. Whether they've come out of Egypt and that, and he's writing this and giving it to them. Now look, that doesn't mean that those wandering Israelites had no concept of God or didn't understand. That's not what we're saying. I don't want to be no. very clear about that. What I am saying, though, is there's a reason that Moses has been given this word from God and is revealing it to them. Yeah. So I do think that Moses is revealing this word in greater detail than they would they knew. Sure. But there, it is very obvious, especially from Exodus chapter 1, that they knew of God. The mm -hmm. midwives, for example, yeah. refused to yes. kill, to yeah. abort the babies because mm -hmm. they feared God. Yeah. So just, just to clear some of that up. So these names are names that they were familiar with. Notice how they're, they're saying, oh, look, it's over here and it's over here. And yeah. it's right. So now let's see. Let's watch this thing spiral. So he's, he's gone to a new land and he's wandered through the land. He's built an altar to the Lord. Hey, it's all sunshine and daisies. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. All right. Now there was a famine in the land. Well, that didn't last long. And Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. So 
Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. Pump the brakes. <laughs> Pump those brakes. How much do we need to spend time on this? Hold on a second. I know. What were those promises? I know. What were those? Now, I now let's let's. I, what? I hope you, if you're reading along with it, I hope you got that. Is we, you know, <laughs> wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you lying to these people when God has already told you what He's going to do? Doesn't Paul call Abraham the father of faith? Who is it yeah. that calls him the father of faith? Yeah. Paul's a Paul. So a- Abram, who will eventually have his name changed to Abraham, yeah, is known as the father of faith. Yeah. Doesn't look like it here, does it? Where's the faith? Wait a minute here. (laughs) Where's the faith? Hold on. (laughs) So there's a famine in the land. Now, look, y'all, you need to understand. The adversary has power. Yeah. There's a famine in the land. Yeah. Satan's doing his thing. He's trying to destroy the seed. All right? He is just, God has just confirmed to us. Now, this story started off with a seed promise, right? Mm -hmm. Genesis chapter 3, we had a seed promise. Mm -hmm. God just made it real clear with this promise. I will make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. I'll make your name great. And I will, and you will be a blessing. And then boom, and all people's he on earth will be blessed through He did not say this to, to Noah nope. or anything like this to Noah. Nope. But he does say it to this guy so we know this guy has something to do with the seed that's coming. God just zeroed that promise in. Yep. Now, Satan heard that promise. Genesis folks. chapter 3, that's verse right. 15. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Satan was right there. He heard that promise. Boom. Well, because he was because he was involved in the punishment. That's right. He was. Well, and so he's he's he was getting punished. He heard he heard that promise, and and the seed of woman, this woman, is going to crush you on the head. He's been trying to kill that seed ever since. Yeah. He's wiped out the entire earth so far. He wiped out. He why he, he interfered with Cain, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Now he's now he's doing this this famine this famine business. Now look, understand that God is in control of all things. God sure. has authority, sure. but He allows the enemy to work. And this is the enemy working right here. Mm-hmm. All right? Yep. So there's a famine in the land. So what is Abram going to do? Is Abram going to trust God, stand fast with God? Nope. He runs to like Egypt. It. Runs to Egypt. Now, if Abram dies in this famine, how is he going to make him into a great nation? How is he going to bless him? How is he going to make his name great? And all? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These are the things that God has spoken. And, and if, you look at, if you look at it, he says, I will make you into a great nation. All right? He's 75 years old. He doesn't have any children. That's right. Because he's going to tell us in just a minute that she can't conceive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he doesn't have any children. Well, how can the first part of this of this promise, I will make you into a great nation, how's that going to happen if you don't have any children? See, that there's there's so much of this that, that Abram has to live on faith, and he's already fallen down the first one comes up. But what, and so and this gives us an awesome opportunity here. What is faith? Mm-hmm. See, the world wants to tell you that faith is just a wish, right? Mm-hmm. It's an empty hope. It's a belief without any evidence, I believe is how Google defines it. A belief it's without it? any evidence. Really? It's a belief without any evidence. That's faith. That's, that's, what they, that's all they say? That's all they say. Okay. That's it's a belief without any evidence. Not faith. That is not no. faith presented to us in the scriptures. No. That's mm-hmm. not faith. Mm-hmm. Faith is based on something. Mm-hmm. It's trust and confidence in something. And specifically, when we're talking about the Word of God— we're talking about the things that God has said. Mm-hmm. I can have complete and absolute faith in the things that God has said. But but how did, how does that become faith? Is when I act upon it. 
Yeah. When I act upon it, then it's faith. Well, right. And so that's why we know in this story, Abram doesn't have any faith. Mm-hmm. Because what's his response to the famine? Run away. What's his response to the Egyptians? Oh, lie. you better lie. Well, I lie better I better save myself. Why? Wait, well, you understand wait what could happen now if he lies and says, no, this is my sister. Now she could get, she could get violated. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, you see how, you know, when you start to decide to make bad choices, they, they can kind of start steamrolling on you. Well, brothers and sisters, listen to this. God has spoken promises, not just to Abram, but to us. Yeah, absolutely. You pursue my righteousness and these things will be added unto you, talking about food and clothing. Mm-hmm. Yet how often do we worry and stress and, and are concerned about whether we're going to have enough to eat at the end of the day yeah. or whether we're going to have clothing on our back or whether we're going to have work or whether... He's already promised us all he's that. He's already promised us that if we're pursuing his righteousness, mm-hmm. that we're not going to have to worry about those things. We're not, excuse me, not that we're going to have to worry, but that we're not going to have to struggle after those things because our Father in Heaven knows we need those things. Mm-hmm. Do we have faith that that's the case? Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Do we have faith that we're forgiven? Mm-hmm. He said we're forgiven. But how often do we walk around and act like we're saved by the skin of our teeth instead of fully covered under the grace yeah. of God? Yeah. Fully washed in his blood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brothers and sisters, have faith. Yeah. Stand on the promises of God. Abram did not. At no. least not And not here. here. Not yet. And you know what though? But you know, but, but you know, Cole, I can remember being like Abram. Yeah. In the beginning. Absolutely. My faith was my faith was really it was it was in the garbage can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was baptized, I was coming to church, but I was growing, and yeah. my faith was maturing as I went. I'm way better at it now than I was then. Abram's going to become way better at it as he goes along. He's going to learn and he's going to grow and he's going to adapt. He's going to he's going to apply what he learned. Don't misunderstand. I am th- so thankful that this story is here. Yeah. Because I look at Abram. And I, I remember reading this story for the... Let's keep going. Let's We'll right. get there. We'll get there. Okay. Let's keep going. So, okay. All right. So, uh, there was a famine in the land. Uh, that, right. So, he tells his wife, this is his wife. Okay, we're picking up at verse 14. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels. All this while there was a famine in the land. Right? All this while there was all this chaos going around. It looks like God is still faithful to his promise. But the Lord, look at what the Lord does, inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. Wait, whoa, whoa, I gotta stop. Okay. I'm a man. You're a man. All right. And when it says, and when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh and she was taken into his palace. What the heck you think happened? Oh, oh, I'm aware. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, ladies, am I, am I just a, a you know, am I just a, a show? I mean, what, man, I know what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so his lack of faith, I'm not going to talk about it on camera, all right? But, but uh, look, it, it was some it was some stuff going down. Obviously, man, look how yeah. I'd never seen that before. I, I that's the first time. I mean, I knew it was there, but I never really pondered on it this way before. Of what might have happened in that, because you know she was in there long enough for him to acquire. Uh, they they didn't just march in, you know. They take him in, take her in, and march in and give him all this stuff. It this was over days, months, time went by. Yeah, 
Absolutely. The diseases had to get inflicted. You know, God says, wait a minute, hold up. You know, boom. Now these guys have got diseases and stuff. And they're going, well, what happened? Well, he lied about her. They didn't know. They take her in. And for her to keep the ruse up, what does she have to do? She has to play along. Oh, my gosh. But check this out. Verse 17. The Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh, who had done nothing wrong. No. And his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. Look at the shock. What have you What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So that I took her to be my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. So it not only took him in the, in the palace, he took her to be his wife. Thank God she couldn't conceive. How Am I crazy? off base here? No, no, no. But how crazy is it? Abram's the one who lies. Abram's the one that sells his wife. Abram's the one who orchestrated this entire situation. Pharaoh is rather innocent in it. Yeah. He didn't know. Now here he is reaping punishment because of Abram's lie. What about Sarah? Not she... to, look at what happened with Sarah. Sarai. She gets sold to another man. And yet, Abram doesn't seem to walk away with any punishment at all. He really doesn't, does he? Let's go back and look at that promise at the beginning of the chapter. Okay. I will make you. Now, this is, this is what we call a, um, this is a covenant. This is another, so this is another covenant. Mm -hmm. um, but specifically, this is a covenant that is made on the behalf of someone else with no expectation. Okay. So God is making a covenant. He's saying, by my power and authority, I'm going to do these things. There are no things that you have to do. Mm -hmm. Notice there's no list of commands. Abraham, there's nothing yep. expected of Abraham here. Now, later in the text, God's going to say, you need to walk in my ways and you need yep. to keep. He's, so there is going to be things added in as this covenant progresses. And this covenant relationship, all that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, this is a promise from God. This is a covenant from God with no expectation on the behalf of Abraham. And this is it, period. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whomever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. But Pharaoh received the punishment he did because... Doesn't matter that Abram lied. That doesn't matter. God has promised. I'm going to bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Pharaoh took your wife. I'm going to deal with it. Because while Abram may not be faithful, God is ever faithful. Let me tell you something. It still doesn't seem fair. And of course, it doesn't seem fair. Life isn't fair, brother. Well, <laughs> sometimes when God works, it doesn't seem fair, does it? He's got his plan. He's got his way of working. <laughs> he's he's going to do and it. And I'm not saying anything against God. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. You know, I want you to understand that when you deal with this stuff in the Old Testament, sometimes it's not going to seem fair. No. Well, and I also understand this, too. We're looking at this from what we have here. Yeah. We don't have the whole story here. For all I know, Pharaoh was a jerk. A, a, For all I know, Pharaoh a, was a pig and a jerk. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I can only go based on what I have in the text. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there is, of course, always the, un the understanding that there could be more here. In fact, in later on, Abram will pull this Abraham. Well, he'll be known as Abraham then, I believe will pull this exact same thing with a different king and God will keep him, the other king, from 
having yeah. any relations with Sarah at all. Yeah. yeah. And so, and he makes even a comment there, you know, because that king says, I would have never done this against you had I known. And he said, oh, I know. And that's why I kept you from sinning. So, so maybe Pharaoh would have done it anyway. Maybe Pharaoh would have done it anyway. There's So understand, church, we're looking at this from solely what we have in the, here in the text. Yep. There's probably more to the story as far as Pharaoh and his guilt and all of these things, but we don't have any of that. So that's not what we're dealing with. But what this story is communicating, what this narrative communicates to us is God made a promise and he's going to keep it, mm-hmm. period. Even if Abram isn't going to trust him yet, even if Abram isn't going to have faith. But, you know, it's, it, you know I, remember, I remember my mom sitting at the dining room table and I still remember where I was sitting. I remember what, and she said, I don't know how I know this. She said, but one of these days you're going to be a leader. You're going to lead people one day. And I'm, I'm 15 years old, man. Man, I, you know, I, I'm getting bullied at school and, and you know, I'm the, I'm the, the least athletic on the playground. Yeah, that kind of stuff. She said, you're going to lead people. And, and God knows what's going on. It's like a mom knows his, their children. God knows Abram, he knows what Abram's going to do. He knows what he, when when we get along down in ways and in chapter 17 and 18 and those places, God already knows what's, what Abraham's going to do. He knows. You know, he knows, he knows the mistakes that you're going to make and he has the promise and he still loves us anyway. And he loves us through them because he knows where we're going to get to. He knew what I was doing when I was 29, when I was converted. He knew that, you know, you're not going to always be this way. You're not going to always be this immature and stupid. And I'm, and I'm not. People say that's not true, but some people will. But, you know, I hope my wife doesn't watch. But <laughs> she'll be throwing stuff at the at this thing. But, you know, I, you know, I mean, but I've grown up a lot. And God knew I was going to do that. Abram's going to grow up a lot. And yeah, God knows he's going to do that. And he, and he gives him a pass because he has made a promise. He's made a promise to me. God's made a promise to me. He said, if you'll do this, he said, I will do this. And what I know from the book of Hebrews is, is that God, once he makes a promise, he cannot go back on a promise. He won't. He won't. Yeah. And he cannot lie. He's told me that if I'll do what he tells me to do, he'll save my life. I believe him. That's right. I believe him. And so I'm going to strive with everything I have to do what I, what I can do. But I'm going to depend on him because I'm not going to always, sometimes, sometimes, Guys, and I hope you agree, sometimes it's hard to keep it between the ditches. It is. Sometimes you want to keep the car up on the road, and it just doesn't want to stay on the road. Sometimes it just wants to go in the ditch. And that happens to all of us. There are going to be famines. And God still loves us and still going to keep his promise. That if you'll stay faithful and keep going straight, he said, you know, you're going to go in the ditch sometimes. you just got to keep going straight. Just keep going. You know, that's what Abram here is. is I, I agree. I love this story because it, it's so reassuring that even though this guy, even though right now Abram's a jerk. Yeah. He's a jerk. Yeah. Ask Sarah. She'll tell you. He's a jerk. Because it was his own lack of faith that got her in the position she's in. Yeah. So. I love this story. This is, uh, church, don't don't misunderstand. I'm not, I'm not beating up on Abram. No, no. I, I, uh-uh. I love this story. I'm thankful the story's here. I remember the first time I read through this story, I went, Abram lied? Yeah. How is that okay? And, you know, ironically enough, I've, I've read some commentaries where they tried to justify this. There's but, no justification. He sinned here. No, absolutely. This is wrong. Yeah. No, and, 100%. and God, you know, 
you you have people all the time say, well, you know, we're never going to sin. People you can't sin. What that's that, man, you know, First John tells us, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar, and the truth's not in you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall off the cart sometimes. I'm not gonna always be what I'm supposed to be. I'm I'm depending on God to get me back up on the center of the road and keep me going forward. I'm dependent on Him. That's right. Abram has Abram's depending on God to overlook. And I don't even think he understands how much. No, he does not. At this point, he does. Not at this point, he doesn't. He will. He will. When he sees the, you know, we know that the gospel, the gospel is going to be going to be stated to Abram. We know that because it tells in the Book of Galatians that the first one to hear the gospel is Abraham. Yeah, he's the first one to hear it about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Son. He's there. He's the one. Satan knows that this guy is something to do with the seed. Whether he knows all about it or not, I don't know. But he knows this guy. I don't think. I don't think he knows everything. No. I don't. You know the. Uh... Peter makes a comment, and I think it's First Peter, might be Second. He says, uh, "You know, into the mystery in which angels long to look." Yeah, and so that's First Peter. Um, so you know, the reality is, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think God's, you know, no. including the enemy no, on the planet. No. But you know, the reality is, he's not stupid, and he knows he's got to destroy this guy. He he's seen this promise, and he's going to do what he can to destroy this guy and later his children who become the nation of Israel. And it almost seems like he succeeds. Mm-hmm. Um, but God is ever faithful and, and works through it all anyway. No matter how bad it looks, guys, no matter how bad it looks in your life, no matter how bad it's looked before, and it may look again, God is always there if we stay faithful to him. Honestly, this entire chapter, this chapter 12, um, I think one of the reasons I love it is because it could sum up the entirety of the Old Testament going forward. Because we're going to see this exact dynamic at play. God makes a promise. His people do not believe him or wander from it. They sell themselves to foreign gods and foreign idols. And then God has to bring them back. Yeah. And he, and he does. Over and over and, and over. over and over again. And he doesn't, yeah. you know. And, so, and you know what we ought to be thankful for from this chapter is God's faithfulness. That's the big one. Because God is faithful. He is. You know, he's faithful to his people. It tells me, it screams to me that he's faithful to, to Abraham. Even when they mess up. 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 He is still faithful. So if you've messed up, guys, God's always faithful. Absolutely. God always wants to love you. He always wants to pet you. He always wants to stroke you. He always wants to, to, to lift you up and dust you off. He always does. And so don't look in a mirror and say, man, God couldn't love me because I've been too bad. No, you haven't. All you got to do is pick yourself up and come back to him. That's all you have to do. Question. Come to him. When you fall, when you stumble, when you fall off the cart, as we, we've said, you know, the question isn't whether you were going to fall off the cart. God it's God doesn't need a status update. He doesn't need a, a Twitter no. message saying, hey, I fell off the cart again. No. He knew you were going to When he called you, when he cleansed you, when he justified you, he knew every time you were going to mess up after that. Absolutely. The question that we always have to answer is whether we're going to stand back up and keep following Jesus. And, and and one last thing before we end this chapter is, if you don't have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. if you've never done that before, God is God is longing to have a relationship with you. That's what this seed is all about. He wants to have a relationship with you. He's done everything he can do to save your life. What he cannot do is make you do it. He can't force you to. He won't force you to do it. You have to do this on your own. You have to come to him on his terms. You know, we've, we've talked about that before. We've talked about the obedience that is necessary, about doing what God's told us, making sure that we accept that seed as the one that's going to save my life. 
and and that's you know making him the Lord of your life, yeah. being baptized into Christ, coming to him on his terms, worshiping with with other people that think of like mind. That's what he's offering us, and that's what he wants from us. And he said, I will save you because he is faithful. Right. He is absolutely faithful. That's what this chapter teaches. He's got a big heading at the top. It's not the call of Abraham, but God's faithfulness to sinful man because that's what it's about. So, It's an awesome chapter. It's an awesome chapter, and there's a whole bunch more of them coming. It's the, the story of Abram and Abraham, eventually Abraham I'm going to hate this until I can just call him Abraham. Well, and, you know, and the, and the story about Hagar and Ishmael and the story about Moses. And, man, I, you know, th- this is this is dynamic stuff that teaches us something. Every time we open the book, it should teach us something. Absolutely. And it does. So we done? We good? Right. Let's we got through the whole chapter. Hey. That's pretty good. We'll try to get through another chapter next week. All right? Let's 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 pray. Almighty God in heaven, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. You've made promises to us. You made like you did to Abram. Mm. You made promise to us, and we know that you will keep them. We know that you cannot go back on your promise. You have promised to save the world. You've promised to save us through the seed of of your of of your seed. And I and I know, Father, that the seeds come. We know that it's Jesus, and we know that He told us that He was the seed that was to come. We know that that was promised to Abraham, and it and we are we are living in that time when that seed has come to fruition. Father, thank you so much. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us to do the right things. And help us to to allow you to be the Lord and the God of our lives. Mm. Thank you so much, Father, for your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.